This is Matt Ward of the Way in Boxing Podcast. I'm joined with Kadi Bakarim, a combat care coach and published author who works with Ms. Downing Promotions and Gleason's Gym Jersey Shore. Kadi, first off, what exactly is a combat care coach? A combat care coach, first of all, Matt, I'm really happy to be here on this interview. Oh, and thank you. for taking the time to speak with me. Um, a combat care coach is really my own unique creation. And it started uh, years ago uh, when I had an opportunity to work with MMA fighters. That's really how, how I started out. And I thought that the body of knowledge that I had would be very helpful to them in getting ready for tournaments and competitions. Oh. And so I did that for about three years. And I started writing a column about my experiences with the different problems that they brought on the mat if you will. Oh, okay. And so I was writing con contemporaneously uh, after working with you know, th these various individuals. And that was for the MMA Fight Council, where the articles are still archived. And then it became a book. Oh. And the book has changed titles numerous times. It used to be called MMA Yoga on the Mat, Real Yoga for Inside the Cage. Mm -hmm. And when I met Frank Dukes, he said, I gave him a copy of it. He said, get rid of the word yoga on the cover. <laughs> and when Frank Dukes tells you to do something, you just do it, you know. Right, the legend, right. When the legend speaks. So I went home and I thought, well, what I'm really doing is something called triage. And that brings me to, to the point where I can answer your question. So the word triage means a ruthless decision that is made on the battlefield to save the life of the warrior ah. or the soldier if you will right and that's kind of what I do a ruthless meaning doesn't mean uncaring it means a very clear decisive decision about what has to be done to help this warrior mm -hmm. so I named the book combat triage is that book still in publication oh it's on Amazon and it's it's called combat triage a self-care manual awesome etc awesome. etc Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to uh, share the link to the oh, I Amazon. I, I thought I sent you the the, uh, the the PDF files for that. Did I not send them to you? You did. You did. Okay. But um, for, the, for the viewers, I'll okay. make sure, and the readers, oh, I'll make sure yes, to share yes. the link. Yes, yes, of course. So um, that's why I named it be, that, because pretty much I'm working, um, I'm working off the cuff most of the time. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the gym, for instance, uh, I... I don't know who's going to be feeling what on any given night right. when, they, when they're working in the, in the ring or when they come back out again. And I have to make a decision pretty quickly because I might have two or three people in the course of an hour that need my assistance. So I have to know what I'm going to do and make a decision. Well, this is the best way to fix this. Or you really need to have an adjustment. I can see that something is not right, that kind of thing. And I'll, I'll suggest they go to another professional, that kind of thing. Is there one type of injury or ailment that's more common amongst fighters from your experience? Fighters uh, have to really be protective of their heads. Mm -hmm. uh, not just getting hit, but there's a lot of back and forth head-to-head -head, head -head movement. Right. And that over a period of time, anything that we do, even if it's something good for us, will result or can result in a repetitive stress injury. Mm -hmm. So it's the it's the neck, the shoulders, the elbows, the hands, the feet, the knees, 
and the lower back and sometimes sometimes the upper back in between the shoulders and that and that's all depends on other factors in the fighter's life what is he doing when he's not training oh. you know a lot of them have other jobs yeah what are his previous um, injuries mm-hmm. that over gravity and time are going to be part of the mix so there there's rarely any two situations that are identical so um, that's that's what I'm doing and sometimes I'm standing at ringside and I'm just watching them fight well first of all watching boxers fight for me is better than anything I love to watch boxers in the ring cool but that's not what I'm doing I'm really looking at how they're moving because their coaches are concerned about their footwork you know their timing and their distance their reach their jab uh, and all and their, their head movement all the things that make up for them to be safe and powerful and explosive in the ring I'm looking for something entirely different I'm making sure that there's nothing that looks like it's being inhibited in any way or that may be uh, an alignment problem or if they're if they're excessively gassing out so I'm looking for different things than their regular coaches are looking for so a lot of what you do is very investigative in nature. It's very investigative mm-hmm. in nature. Uh, like I'm here this weekend for Miss Downing Promotions, and I will see the, the pro fighters right. uh, before they go into the ring. Some of them may just want to be stretched out, which means they'll just be on the floor. I'm not teaching them a class or anything. That's not what I do. But I'll be telling them how to stretch, how to move very slowly, because you never want to have any fighter do anything different, taking them outside of a normal range of motion for them before a fight. Right, you right. You don't want to change anything at the last minute. Would not be it's not safe for them. So I'm working with their natural body uh, dynamic, if you will, and helping them stretch out. Somebody else, if they, for instance, if they if they've driven up and they've been on a long car ride mm-hmm. and they're very tall their experience in the car is going to shorten their hamstrings which is very bad for their core right if your hamstrings are tight the core doesn't work right the core doesn't work right you gas out faster because it's the rotation of the spine that resets the breath right a lot of people don't know that yeah yeah Um, so if they're if the neck is very tight i've got to loosen up the neck and that could be any number of different things that I that I might do mm-hmm. uh, within within the realm of what I of my the, the extent of my knowledge and experience. So everybody is is going to be treated differently and equal because, you know, my mission statement is that I want every fighter fighting out of every corner at his best. Mm-hmm. You know, I once had a pro fighter say to me, you know, I might not be your favorite tonight. And I said, you're all my favorites. I'm here to make sure that you come out of that corner at the top of your game with an edge because I have to give the other fighter an edge. Mm-hmm. So how you <laughs> utilize that edge, you know, that's up to you. Yeah. But I want every fighter coming out of every corner, fighting at his best and feeling his best. I want every fighter safe. What type of methods or disciplines um, that you've studied in the past do you bring to the table when, oh you're, when you're being a combat care coach? Oh, boy. Um, 
for myself, I started out uh, when I was a teenager and I learned a very traditional, really old-fashioned yoga. Oh, okay. It's nothing that you see today. Mm-hmm. We learned, for instance, we even learned how to read a palm. And I don't mean read a palm for fortune-telling. I mean, I could look at someone's palm and tell them that their liver is sluggish. Oh, wow. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I can tell their overall body strength by how their, how their palm feels. So we, we were taught all of that kind of stuff. We were taught how to look at how someone moves their eyes if their eyes are pinched. Now, if their eye muscles are pinching, guess what happens in the ring? Everybody has to negotiate or navigate through that blind spot. We all have a blind spot. Oh. Now, you can train to reduce that. That's where a lot of boxers will get clipped when the, when the other boxer is in the blind spot. So, so the more that the eye isn't working perfectly, there's a, a higher risk of being hit in the blind spot. Oh, it's fascinating. Because you won't see yeah. it coming. And it makes sense. And you that, hear about fighters talk about the blind spot every that, now and That's then. exactly what happened to, to Ronda Rousey. And oh, I, pre- and I yeah. predicted that. I predicted it before she got in the cage. I wow. said, she has spent the last, every time I see her on video, she's looking straight ahead like she's angry. Her eyes are only looking straight ahead. And if you, the minute you do that, you're not seeing you're not seeing anything peripherally, and you have to have peripheral vision if you're a fighter. Wow. It makes sense. Because that's where you pick up movement and silhouette. Yeah. Front, you pick up color, you see? Yeah. It's something could be coming at you from the side. And that's what happened to her. So there, there, It so, makes sense. When you watch the so, video, it really does. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking for things that other people... And, and, and believe me, I work with some of the top coaches and the passion that they have for, for their boxers. Their expertise is that. I couldn't tell. I couldn't do their job. And they can't do mine. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so beautiful is that we're all... We, 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 we really have this beautiful pie of training and care. Yeah. And that's, that's what's beautiful about Miss Downing. She, we met a while back. Uh, we, I was sitting ringside with her at, at an amateur match of last year and so we we had met and it just happened that she needed someone to come on the scene because she was under a lot of stress and I was recommended yeah and after that she's and she said would you see would you take care of the boxers and I said sure and then of course it all started from there speaking of Miss Downing and the August 5th show that's coming up on Saturday um, is there a fighter on the card that that you maybe have had the opportunity to work with already, I have, or yes. that you're a fan of? I have. I've had the opportunity to work with Derek Webster. Awesome. In the in the uh, the last bout, which was um, that was in a- April. I want to say April or May thirteenth. Oh, okay, back May in May. May thirteenth, yes, May thirteenth. Yeah. And I had an opportunity to work with him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Looking forward to seeing all the boxers this time, all the pro fighters. Yeah. Very cool. Looking very forward to it. Your father was also a professional boxer. Can you tell my listeners more about him? His name was Hossein Kalfi, and he was lightweight champ of Algiers, 1946. Very interesting. And he actually came over to the United States in the 1950s and appeared on a magazine cover. It was Boxing and Wrestling Magazine, and it was called The French Fistic Invasion. <laughs> and it was when that, all yeah. the French fighters came over and... <laughs> He adored, like he adored, he, he, 
I, I say this, and I'm saying this with all due respect, because my, my dad wouldn't have it any other way. He had a, a, a win over Sandy Sadler in the garden. And uh, so the only reason I say that isn't to brag, because he would never allow, they would never like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because it was such a pivotal fight. Yeah, a very and, impressive And it's victory. a fight where, where people would, can, uh, they might not otherwise know who my dad was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, that's why I mention that, because he absolutely adored Sandy Sadler and mourned his death oh. uh, very sadly. But he knew a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, Michael Serdan uh, and uh, Kid Gavilan. And yeah, all those. He knew boxing those. legends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Thank you for asking about him. Sure, sure, my pleasure. It's interesting to hear about him. Very <laughs> fascinating. Nice, Finally, who is your current favorite fighter? My current favorite now fighter? Yeah, right okay, now. My current favorite <laughs> now fighter, of course, is Canelo Alvarez. Oh, okay. Canelo's my, my current favorite now. I have uh, a number of favorites from before. Can you tell us why Canelo is your favorite fighter? Is there a reason? I, I'd rather not. Rather not? I'd okay. I'd rather keep that off the record, um, okay. uh, which I'll be happy to share with you later. But um, let's just say that he has a, a, he has a very happy resemblance to someone that was very dear to me many, many, many years ago. Very and cool. And when I see him in the ring, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very happy memory. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you. Cotty, thank you very much for speaking with me this evening. It's been a pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sure.